James O'Brien. Three minutes after 12, welcome to Mystery Hour. It's not like that. It's not spooky stuff. It's, 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 it's really nice. How did The Observer describe it last week? I can't remember, but they were very complimentary. And, and the week before that, The Daily Telegraph, podcast of the week or something. Delightful, really, to have it recognised after all the hard work you've done over the years to make Mystery Hour the institution that it has now become. What happens is that someone will ring in with a question. Could be anything. The only rules we have can't be dull which unfortunately has already been one of the reasons for expulsion. What was, what was his name? Matthew? Bless you, mate. You can't, you can't ring up Mystery Hour and ask a question about something that happens while you approach a roundabout in your car. And the first rule of Mystery Hour is there is no Mystery Hour. Oh, no, that's Fight Club. The first rule of Mystery Hour is that if it's a motoring question, it will almost certainly be adjudged too dull for inclusion. And that's criterion number one, dullness. Number two is simple repetition. If we can remember dealing with a question and if between us we can dredge up an answer to it, then uh, in our minds we won't put it on again. You go to the Mystery Hour archive at lbc.co.uk. Actually, go there now. Go on, I'll wait. lbc.co.uk. I'll wait here. You let me know when you get back. Go to lbc.co.uk and the Mystery Hour archive, which is just great fun regardless of what time of the week it is. It's got loads and loads of previously asked and answered questions. So someone will ring in with a question. Someone else will know the answer to it. And I'm the ringmaster. That's it, really. If you've never listened to it before, enjoy. If you have listened to it before, you don't need me to say enjoy, because you already know you will enjoy. So, hello. And if you're listening on the podcast, the time now is almost certainly not five minutes after 12. William's in Welling Garden City. William, what is your Hi. question? Hi, James. Uh, my question is, what do the numbers on a toaster mean? <laughs> do they relate to the heat or the amount of time your toast is in the toaster for? I, I mean, bless you, mate. That's quite easy to establish. <laughs> I, it's just, it came up at a family discussion, and uh, we then we then went online and Googled it, and there's actually quite a few forums just discussing... Are you serious? Seriously, well, yeah. Didn't, why it, didn't you just get a toaster and put it on three and time it, and then put it on four and time it? Well, I did, and... and? Um, it was. It wasn't. We actually started it on one yeah. and went all the way through to six, yeah. and there was no kind of relation between. The because you hadn't let it cool, you weren't observing laboratory conditions. That's your dad going. Why is sharing our family secrets on the radio, William? I can't believe I thought that discussion was private. Um, you didn't let the toaster cool, did you? No, we did. No, no, really? no. We left, we left, but everybody we left knows it's, it's, it doesn't make the toaster hotter. It just makes the toast stay in longer on most toasters. Toast. But then. Also, yes. when when you put in the toast on three, yeah, and then you you put your first two slices, yeah, and then you do it again, it almost always definitely stays in longer as well. You, you've lost me now. So we put the toast in for the first time. That wasn't an invitation to do it again. That was an invitation to say, let's just concentrate on the first question. Sorry. What do the numbers on a toaster mean? Yeah. <laughs> I love that. I, I'll, should we take religious and philosophical answers as well as actual mechanical ones? can do yes let's do let's do stuff. william great stuff there's a lovely way to kick us off as well what do the numbers on a toaster mean hmm simon's in mary Bone. simon question or answer this question james yes uh in tennis uh there are various competitions uh for example the davis cup there are where countries will compete against one another yes and the matches in those competitions are referred to as rubbers and i wonder where that term comes from Rubbers. No, rubbers. Rubbers. In... I, I said rubbers. What did you think I said? Oh, you said rubbers, as in people who rob banks. You know, as I said rubber, I thought it came out a bit like robber. 
But I definitely said rubber. I, I know you have, you, have, you have rubbers in bridge. Do you? Okay, yeah. I don't play bridge. So when, when, really nor that. do I, but my mum does. When, when you win a hand of bridge, it's called a rubber. You win a rubber or, or, or an encounter. Okay. So it may have come from that, but you still want to know why. Yeah. Yeah, why rubber? It's not confined yeah. to tennis. I've heard it in other contexts as well, but why do you call it a rubber, not a round or an encounter or a match or a game or a point? I like that. Simon, you're on. Rubbers and toasters. What's not to like? Mark's in Bellingham. Mark, question or answer? Question. Come on, then. Uh, why is a quad bike so called? Because quad being four and mm. bike being two would suggest eight wheels. As in unicycle one, bicycle two. No, bike bicycle doesn't mean three. two. Bi- bi- I d- bicycle, the bi, so unicycle, bicycle, tricycle, but motorbike. Yeah, so the quad bike, bike is related to the sure. motorbike linguistically rather than the bicycle, the unicycle, and the tricycle. But the, the Ike, Ike, if you like, in bicycle... Uh, is, I do. Actually, uh, I do uh, like the Ike in bicycle, for the record. <laughs> I do like the Ike in bicycle. Yeah, it's quite cool. It's it, quite cool. But the bike is just a shortened version of cycle. Sort of, yes. Except it isn't, is it? Because it's, 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 it's motor... Oh, so you mean motorbike is motorbicycle? That's right. Yeah, yeah, you're right. So you could have a motorised tricycle, which would be a motor tricycle, or we'd yeah. call it a trike, motor trike, yeah. would we? Is that a word? And then I think the answer is because it would be such a mouthful and everyone knows what a quad bike is. <laughs> Don't you? But it would still say, well, why wouldn't you call it a quadcycle? Oh, yes. Like, do you know what, Mark? From now on, I always will. <laughs> How do you think that will go down among the quad biking fraternity and i i say oh boy could i have a go yeah. on your quadcycle by any chance i'm feeling a, a bit of a <laughs> loose end right yeah i'd probably be kicked out yeah but. <laughs> <laughs> quadcycle marvelous i, I mean is, yeah. is that a real question why don't we call quad bikes quadcycles well again yeah? the quad bike suggests that it's eight wheels and i don't get that yeah oh yeah a quad bike it doesn't yeah. suggest it's eight wheels you're being too obtuse now but it but it but it does suggest it should be called a quadcycle or a quadike yeah. a quadike i prefer quadcycle quadcycle is going to take some beating okay why isn't it called a quadcycle if we get an answer to that mark i'll give you the money myself martin is in collindale martin question or answer i've got a question for you james oh yes <laughs> when i uh have a wash i wash my face wash my hands well, well done. and then dry them off in the towel yes now, presuming that uh, having washed my face and hands, they are clean, why yeah. does the towel get dirty? The, the, what, what, yes. Well, I... I <laughs> you... I, I, it's a very personal... <laughs> it's a very, it's a very personal that. adventure you described, Martin. I, I, I mean, well, I, I'm presuming that it's clean after you, your your hands and face. That's as far as I'm going. Uh, yes, I'm no, fair enough. Off. Quite right too. Thank you for your diplomacy and discretion in this matter. <laughs> yes, yeah, so to say, I'm presuming that they are clean. Well, having so. not witnessed your ablutions, I, I will have to speculate upon how much. Uh, what's the phrase I'm looking for? How much matter may be left about your person even <laughs> after you have rinsed? I mean, also, you, I mean, in the shower, you sweat in the shower and you're sweating when you get out and you're putting that onto the towel when you dry yourself. Is sweat visible in the form of dirt? No. I mean, but when it dries, it will, it will crust up a little and darken the, 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 darken the threads on your, on your toweling, I think. Oh. Don't you? I'm told to wash it more often, then. Wash your towel more often? 
wash my body more often. Martin! This is a family programme. Who do you think you are? The Deputy Mayor of London? <laughs> 12 <laughs> minutes after 12. Well, it, it, I, I like that question. And we'll try and possibly get a slightly more serious answer. Why do towels get dirty when theoretically you're at your cleanest when you use them? I think I must be knocking at the door of the right answer. If you're listening to this on the podcast and you're wondering what the Deputy Mayor of London gag was all about, just Google it. Uh, but be warned, seriously, not safe for work. Hassan is in Slough. Hassan, question or answer? Uh, question, uh, and I hope you won't be offended by this question. Oh, well, I um, will be now, definitely. <laughs> Go on. Um, why are radio presenters and TV uh, hosts, TV presenters, less famous than uh, actors, even though they occupy the same media? Now, the reason why I ask that question is um, I got very, very excited in the 1980s when I saw Floella, remember Floella Benjamin from Facebook? Do you know where she is now? Uh, no. House of Lords. Oh, right. Mm. I didn't know that. No, you do know. Um, See, there you go. That's the mystery I promised. <laughs> delivered for a lot of people. You'll know something. She's in Baroness Benjamin, Liberal Democrat peer. Carry on. Oh, dear. Oh, gosh, that's a shock. Um, <laughs> but, no, uh, when I saw her, I thought, wow, you know, she's on TV. She's, uh, you know, really, really famous. But no one actually went up to her. And uh, in the early 90s, uh, you might remember the newsreader, Alistair Burnett, the late yes. Alistair Burnett, News at 10. I saw him um, reading a newspaper on the underground, in the tube, and I got really excited. God, look, he's on TV, and yes. I was looking at him. But no one actually bastardized yeah, it. But this isn't evidence, was... this isn't evidence of your central premise. This is just, I mean, uh, <laughs> actors can go unmolested on public transport as well sometimes. I don't, don't know what you mean by famous. You mean less likely to be bothered in public. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they don't seem to, like Alison Burnett, he won't have the same gravitas as uh, Tom Cruise or Madonna. Even it's though not as famous, it just means no one, I mean, Tom Cruise and Madonna are bad, bad examples. You need, to, for, to, to, for a comparison with Alistair Burnett, you'd need to go for somebody like Shane Ritchie. Who? Shane Ritchie. Sorry, I don't know who Shane Ritchie is. Oh, it's so <laughs> embarrassing because he's almost certainly listening. Shane Ritchie? All right. I mean, what actors? Ha I think we might be getting to the nub of the problem here, Hassan. Is that you don't actually know any actors except Tom Cruise. <laughs> so you've probably walked past all manner of British dramaturges, Shane Ritchie, Les Dennis, all sorts of actors that you've strolled past in the street. You haven't recognised them. So the problem's with you, not with them. No, no, but yes, yes. So you're a news junkie and you watch a lot of play school. So you recognised Alistair Burnett and Floella Benjamin, but Shane Ritchie could come and sit on your lap and you wouldn't know who he was. <laughs> No, 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 seriously, seriously, I think you know what, what, where I'm getting with this, because... Um, what about Grant, what about Grant? What about Ross Kemp? Do you know who he is? Ross Kemp, I've seen a few, few, few of his... Uh, uh, but even, OK, Ross Kemp, he might have more of a gravitas than... than uh, gravitas is uh, the wrong presenters. word. Great, great, great. I don't know that you're right. I mean, if, if Terry Wogan walks down the street, more people are going to clock him than if, for example, I don't know, uh, Fat Barry off EastEnders walks down the street. Sorry, Especially uh, if he's lost a bit. Of... What Steve Sanders was about twenty years ago. Yeah, well, this is this is the is. point, Hasan. You probably walked past lots of actors, but you didn't notice because you don't know who any of them are. Oh uh, no, but I, I would notice them if people thronged other people. But people generally them. don't do that. I mean, as as a Z list celebrity recently arrived on the Z list from the depths of obscurity, I get stopped probably once a day by people who want to say hello to me, and I've got some friends who are much who are proper famous. And they will get stopped in some cases more and in some cases less. It's the nature of this job is that you, you, you know, we're all friends. People think they know me. So they say, hi, Jay. Yesterday, Notting Hill Station. So I thought he was mugging me, actually. Someone grabbed my arm and said, can I just say, I really like your programme. I went, of course you can. Carry on. 
And, and that was really nice. And then I might be out with a, with a showbiz chum, and everyone will know no, it's him, and they'll whisper and point, and, and but no one will actually come over and say anything. Oh, right. Okay. I'm having a yeah, round of applause. And I, can you just say sorry to Shane? Sorry, Shane, whoever you are. Yeah, all right. Carry on. Round of applause, please. 12.16. Please, please. LBC. The promise that I issue to you is that by one o'clock today, you will know more than you do now. LBC 97.3 Mystery Hour with James O'Brien. Here's a mystery. If you're just joining us, what do you think this text is a response to? Dear James, I was on the number 72 bus and sat next to Peter Snow. No one said anything. That's, that's profoundly relevant to a conversation we were having mere minutes ago. But of course, if you missed that conversation, you won't know what that text is about. Questions that currently need answers. Why do, what, what do the numbers mean on a toaster? I know, I know, but I need the proper answer. Uh, what, what, where does the word rubber come from in the context of sport, like tennis in particular? I know you use it in bridge as well. Why is it called a rubber? Why aren't quad bikes called quadsicles? I'm not expecting an answer to that one, but I am going to repeat it again and again because the word quadsicle is so charming. Uh, why did towels get dirty, given that you are supposed to be clean whenever you use one? And there was Hassan's weird question about presenters and actors, which was too... Po- I, I mean, I answered it anyway, and it didn't, make, it didn't make the cut. So we need a few more questions. Before that, though, I would like to remind you of the first listener to submit their own Mystery Hour theme tune there have now been four but some people believe that the oldest is still the best every thursday at noon on lbc it's mystery hour with mr james ob by 1 p.m one thing's for sure you're gonna know more than you did before mystery hour mystery hour 97.3 Chris Offen and family there, kicking off what has turned into a, well, I can't say a tidal wave of music. I'll say a, what's like a really small wave? Is there a word for a really small wave? Like a sort of wavelet. There you go, a wavelet. of. There's now four, but feel free to submit your own if you think it might merit inclusion on the programme. Back to business. Adam's in Windsor. Question or answer? Um, I just wanted to agree with you first on the enjoyment of the question about quadsicle. It's beautiful. Um, apart from, <laughs> it does conjure up an image of a four-headed ice lolly, though, in my mind. Oh, yes, I can see quadsicle. that now as well, like a popsicle, but with four, four bits. Mm. All four different flavours. Possibly, yeah. Like a Zoom, but instead of all being on top of each other, they'd be separated. Yeah, Zoom, yeah. I had in my mind. Yeah, me too, me too. Where were we? So my question. Yes. Question. Yes. Distracted slightly. Uh, my question is: Does a spider's web lose its adhesive properties when wet? I like. And that. if it dries out, does it then Re. assume its stickiness again? So, what's the relationship between water and stickiness of a spider's web? Yeah. Wet web. Wet web. Does wet a wet web, web stick? When it's wet. Yeah. I like. I like that. Uh, well, it's a Bon Jovi album, isn't it? Slip- All these popular culture references are wasted on you people today. I know. Slippery Sorry. When Wet is the, uh... Is that a Bon Jovi album, isn't it? Tommy used to work Wayne. on the... Oh, I, I'm going to move on. Um, thank you, Adam. Wayne's in Basildon. Wayne, question or answer? It's an answer to the oh. Dirty Tower question. Come on, man. And uh, I already know your qualifications on this. Yes, you do. <laughs> yes, you do. You are very dirty. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> um... <laughs> 
Oh, my ex girlfriend is well, was a skin spa manager for Clarins. So, well, there you go. So, why do towels get dirty? Uh, because it's actually dead skin. Oh. Um, because if that's why you have things like exfoliators to remove all the dead skin. Sure, cells. Surely there's a surely there's a T in the word exfoliator, Wayne. Uh, sorry, it's my my dulcet Essex tones. <laughs> I do apologise. I should stress it's that, that, that Wayne, Wayne and I were sharing a pint together on Sunday evening. I wouldn't ordinarily be so rude to well, actually, I would, but not <laughs> not not in quite such a crass and blatant way. So I, I, it's 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 dead skin, sebaceous matter. Yeah, yeah, because because without sort of really exfoliating the skin, all the dead skin cells stay on you and they come off like after time. But if you're if you exfoliate, you sort of accelerate the process. Uh, you've got another round of applause, Wayne. I think, and I, I'm, go- I'm not going to ask you to share it, but I'm just going to uh, I'm just going to insert, if I may, an email from Keith because it's okay. got some brilliant words in it. It says the one about dirty towels after a shower. I, I think it is the sebaceous material on the skin surface rather than sweat added to desquamated cells, which rub off onto the towel. His qualifications: physiology degree, Oxford, 1948 to 51. And check out this for brackets: the sebaceous material oxidizes is two blackheads in the sebaceous glands. That's exactly what I said. It is, I know. I know. <laughs> Just in a slightly different language. Round of applause Indeed. for Wayne, please. Thank you. Thank you. Take care, mate. It's 25 minutes after 12. Oh, love... Oh, mate. I told you he'd be listening. So, flipping heck, Hassan. Now you've embarrassed me in front of one of my showbiz chums. Shane Ritchie has just tweeted, Apology accepted with a somewhat dented ego. I said, don't be dented by Hassan. He probably doesn't even know who Sean Connery is. Andy is in stains. Andy, question or answer? It's a question, James. Yes. My daughter Nancy's birthday is today. Happy birthday, her... Nancy! <laughs> I shall pass it on, thank you. Uh, we gave her a watch. Oh, yeah. And she was oh, well, has, she been, has she been naughty this year? <laughs> well, she's got other things as well. Oh, OK. That's it. Um, but she looked at... She, she was sitting on my lap and she said, this is lovely, thanks very much. And she looked at the clock on the mantelpiece and said, Daddy, why is it called a watch? Not a clock, a wrist clock. Because the clock came first, yeah. but then you had the fob and the fob watch. But why is it called a fob watch, not a fob clock? A, a wrist clock, not a wrist watch. A watch is a small clock, isn't it? Well, why? I don't know why. Well, thank Carriage you. Clock. I didn't know either, but I said to her, I know a man that will find out for me. Well, I will do my best for Nancy, but I can't make any promises. Why is a watch not called a clock? Why is it not called a wrist clock? Or a, a, Yeah, okay. Why is it called a watch? You don't watch exactly. it, you look at it. You don't watch well, yeah, the you, clock. You, you watch the clock, so it should be a wrist clock. You're on. Thank you very much. No, you're very welcome. And uh, how old is Nancy, by the way? She's ten today. Oh, bless her. Well, when she gets home from school, tell her we wished her happy birthday on the radio. In fact, Thank you can you download go. the podcast. The Mystery Hour podcast's free, so she can, she can have a little listen. You'll just need to go about 20 minutes in. Barbara is in Enfield. Barbara, question or answer? Um, question, James. Yes? Why are cats called moggies? Oh, come off it. Surely we've done that before. Oh, have we? Well, I don't know. Really? I'm sorry, I haven't heard the answer. No, I'm not not having a pop at you. I'm just having a... Because I can't remember the answer. Surely, in all the years we've been doing Mystery Hour, and we must have had... Why are cats called moggies? Oh, Moggies? Really? No, apparently not. I've been overruled. You're on. You're in. Oh, good, good. You're in the game. Why are cats called moggies? How long have you puzzled over this? Um, Well, actually, I've had cats all my life my life but it wasn't until a few weeks ago that one of my children asked me and i, I just couldn't answer them no, I, I don't on. know i like that we won't do any more origins of words if that's all right with everyone else's permission because otherwise we tend it's the weird one that when someone says why did we call that that so we've now got watch and clock 
So uh, lots of people, I'm the same, it pops into your mind, oh yeah, and that, and that, and why do we call that that, and why do we call this this? So as soon as we've got one on the board, we normally call it a day, there's two this week, so, so that is absolutely the limit. It's 28 minutes after 12, John's in Epsom. John, question or answer? Yes. Go on then. Um, quad bikes. Oh yes. When they were first invented, um, they weren't called quad bikes, they were just called quads. But bearing in mind you sling your leg over it and ride it with a set of handlebars, the general slang became quad bike. Yeah. Um, I know this because a friend of mine used to race one, um, and I race a dirt bike. It's just become part of that so, the name is developed. But in a way that doesn't answer the question, because when it was first invented it should have been called a quadcycle. No, it shouldn't have been called a quadcycle because the cycle involves your legs, doesn't it? The cycle of your legs going round and round. What about a motorcycle? Well, again, it's a um, an extension of the word bicycle in that it's a. Yeah, but it doesn't motorcycle. involve your legs. A motorcycle any no, more but than it's a quadcycle does. Of the word. Yes, and and you can extend it to a to a tricycle, which has got three wheels. So why would you not extend it extend it to a four wheeled vehicle and call it a quadcycle? Well, because when, when it was invented, it wasn't called that. Yeah, but why they not? They were called quads. Why not? I'll, I'll, I'll have to ring the people up and ask them but why that, they that, that is the point. That. I'm going to give you half a round of applause just out of politeness. <laughs> but, but generally speaking, you haven't answered the question. It should have been called a quadcycle. And, and, and do you know what, John? The campaign to call it a quadcycle starts right here. I think there'll be some opposition. I think, well, opposition, really? I was thinking more <laughs> well, on, ennui. Bikes, I, I, was, I was thinking more ennui, boredom, and complete lethargy. I wasn't actually thinking <laughs> opposition. What do we want? Quadsicles. No, we don't. Down with quadsicles. No, up with. I, I don't think there'll be opposition. I think there'll just be a resounding absence of interest. But still, that will not dull us or put us off. It's half past 12. Tim John is here with the headlines. Thank you, James. The James O'Brien. 33 minutes after 12. This is LBC 97.3. What do the numbers on a toaster mean? Is it how long the element stays heated or is it how hot the element gets? Why do, uh, why do we talk about rubber in various games? <laughs> slightly unfortunate turn of phrase that my apologies i mean not those sort of games and not that sort of rubber i mean why do you win a rubber at the davis cup or in a hand of bridge where does that word come from why, why are quad bites not called quadsicles don't ring in on that anymore i think we know the answer um it's, it's but actually no you have we got an answer on that okay i'll leave it up uh, we know why towels get dirty why is a watch called a watch, and why are cats called moggies? There's too many questions here about words. How, how has that been allowed to happen? There's three questions here out of four, and they're about words. The word quad, bike, or quadsicle, the word watch, and the word moggies. I know we love words on this programme, but we love lots of other things as well. Jimmy is in Gravesend. Jimmy, question or answer? Question. Yes. How many miles above the Earth's surface does the gravitational pull start? Why do you want to know? What, what, what are you planning? Wanted to know the answer. <laughs> How many miles or meters or okay, okay yeah. So well, where miles. does so so is, would that be a point then where you wouldn't fall back down to Earth if you reached it? Basically, yeah. Well, if you fell off the moon, you wouldn't come back to Earth. You well, just you float around space the forever. In the pole, in the gravitational pole. Oh, you, you space man. It's like my hairs are like my antennas to another dimension. All right, so uh, how far above Earth, or sea level or whatever, how far above the Earth does gravity start working? Does the gravitational pull kick in? I love that question. Uh, Stephen is in Woodford. Question or answer, Stephen? Question, please, James. Come on, mate. I've got um, a picture 
of a um, Scott of the Antarctic took a gramophone with him uh, on his expedition. Yeah. And I've got a picture of um, the gramophone playing, and there's a husky standing in front of it, and he's got one paw raised up, his front paw, just a few inches off the ground. Yeah. Um, I was flying a small radio-controlled plane over the park the other day, and, the, and I noticed the dog stopped, and he'd done exactly the same thing. I just wondered why dogs, when they sort of pay attention to something, they lift a paw, front paw. I think I know this, and I'm not, I'm not really a dog person. But just hearing you ask the question, I, I, an answer occurred to me that I think is probably right. They're getting ready to chase. Ah, oh, right, yeah. Don't you think? I mean, you get because it's, um, it's a bit it like a, it's better than a standing start. You got one paw up in the air already. How many people are now doing it? So I've got one paw up in the air already, and I'm oh my god, and I'm off. Whereas if I did it from no, a standing, wouldn't you want four paws? Wouldn't you want four paws on the ground? You're going to get more traction, aren't you? With no, four you're not. Paws you want to push off. You push off off two paws. And you've got one paw up in the air already. If you've got four paws on the ground you push off, you're going to land on your nose. I'm not, I think it goes a bit deeper than that. I do think you? it's something to do with their, their sort of, their, their, something to do with their attention span, first of all. Ah, so you mean like us sticking our tongue out to concentrate? Yes. It could possibly. be. Ah, it could be. Possibly. Yeah. Okay, then. I, I guess you're right. I'm not even getting close to a round of applause for that. So why, why does a dog put its paw in the air when it's concentrating? Yes. Yeah, I like that question. Okay, and uh, how far above the Earth does the gravitational pull start? Why do we call cats moggies? Why is a watch not called a, a, a wrist clock or a mini clock? And, and why uh, a rubber in, in games? And the numbers on a toaster. We need to start picking up some answers. Oh, so no, we don't. It's only, it's only 37 minutes in. Ed's in Crystal Palace. Ed, question or answer? Uh, question, please, mate. Go on, then. Um, I'd like to know where the five-day working week originates from. As opposed to, well, as opposed to working less days in the week and having a nicer week, a longer week, or more, because I'm thinking the Bible, God rested on the seventh day. So, well, that's what I thought. Yeah. I thought if it would come from religion, then it would have been that God rested on the seventh, so we'd be doing a six-day working week. Yes, which is even worse than a five-day working week. Yes, yeah, I, I, it is. I, I grant you that. Although, obviously, with the talk about Ed Miliband's speech this week, the reminders of the three-day week and the four-day week are not happy reminders because you only got paid. Uh, for th- three days you were working, you didn't get your five-day salary for your three-day job. Yeah, so I'm a what? self-employed carpenter as well, so that would be an issue. However, I do love a three-day weekend. So. Yeah, me too. Five days. So when did the five-day week become commonplace? Because it, it must be some, maybe something to do with the industrial revolution. Because if you're a farmer, there's no day off, really, is there? There's no. So if, when we lived off the land, you wouldn't have that distinction. But oh, what a lovely very question! True. That's a really good question, oh. Ed. Thank you very much indeed. Oh, thank you. Well, it would be even lovelier if we get an answer, but it's a start, isn't it? I love that. Um, Chris is in Hemel Hempstead. Chris, question or answer? Uh, it's an answer, James. Come on. <clears throat> Good man. Uh, it's to the, the watch. Oh, yes. Now, I was told this by an eccentric clockmaker oh. when I first joined the jewel chain, because funny enough, I asked the same question. Yes. And then, uh, So I'm going to give you what he told me, and it, to me, I think it is the correct answer. You've got to look back in the history of timepieces. You think you started with a sundial, worked through water clocks, blah, blah, blah. Oh, yeah. Clocks. And then you'd have a carriage clock, which you'd actually have in a case and take that round in your carriage to know the time wherever you were. Um, but obviously people needed, when the industrialization and things like that started, people needed, you know, the railways and different things. It started beforehand. They needed a timepiece to measure specific um periods of times the yes. watch like you get a watch on a uh, boat 
so the you, first would, you would be looking at watches. it. You would be looking at it constantly, in a way. Yeah, a pocket watch. Yes. It started with. So it's a watch you put in your pocket to carry around as a timepiece to measure specific periods of time. Not they didn't live in a world of oh, it's uh, twenty past twelve. Uh, let's go to a break. It, the world wasn't like that. And then, obviously, as uh, watch and clock makers managed to make things smaller. They then produced a watch which went on the wrist, so it then was known as a wrist watch. I, I, I think that's about as comprehensive an answer as we could have hoped. Well, that's why I was told he was eccentric. Do you know why he was eccentric? Yes, I do, actually. Let, let me ask you. Hang on, watch, Chris, in case I need to edit it for the podcast, let me ask you the question, OK? Yeah. Why, why was he eccentric, Chris? Because um, he, he, uh, Chuck O'Brien Sanford, he's well dead now, he, he lived in Brixton. Yeah. And he used to make boats out of old bits of clocks and watches. Wow. Right, and somewhere in Clapham Common, in, unless it's been dredged up by now, he had the grand launching of this boat on the boating pond. And, of course, he hadn't reckoned it was too heavy, and it sunk to the bottom, never to be seen again. Oh. And I think it was reported in the Streatham News at the time. I remember. Clapham, Clapham Observer. <laughs> you've earned a round of applause, and you've given Nancy a tenth birthday present with your answer. That is what I believe they call a double whammy. Uh, thank you, Chris. It's 12.40, and I, I probably need to give the, the caller... Do you remember the one I gave half a round of applause to on the quad bike? I think we need to give him the other half. Because he, he, I think the point he was making was that you don't pedal a quad bike, so there's no cycling element to it. So you could have a quadcycle, but it would, as Lucy points out, be like a go-kart with no engine. There's no cycling involved. So a tricycle... A bicycle. You might say a motorcycle, but frankly, you shouldn't. So can we give him that other half? It was John in Epsom, wasn't it? There you go, John. Uh, 12.41. Uh, this is LBC 97.3. Mystery Hour continues. Uh, Rob's in Windsor. Rob, question or answer? Uh, question, please, James. Yes. Uh, can you change your godparents? <laughs> um, who wants to know? Uh, my son of 14 years of age. Oh, well, um, what have they done? Uh, well, we've sort of kind of fallen out with him, I suppose, over the years. And, fallen uh, out or drifted it, fallen out or drifted apart? No, no fallen out. Oh, a lot of things. Dear. Don't really want to go down the, uh, no. the family bit on here, Fair James. Fair enough. Just, uh, Fair enough. Can you, I mean, can you, can you change it? I mean, well, is there any way... Of was he baptised, your boy? Sorry? Was your boy christened? Was he baptised? Yeah, he was. He was christened, yeah. <laughs> then you can't... So we obviously, at that time, had to choose who we wanted as godparents. Yeah. Um, and <laughs> we don't get on with them very well. No, now. it's a bit he of a. Said, it's quite a common problem. This, although obviously, usually it's more of a drifting apart than an actual falling out. Perhaps because you you might ask your best friend from work, and twenty years later or ten years later, you've got a different job, or people go their separate yeah. ways. I, I don't think if because it's a religious. I mean, you could just say, "Would you be my godfather?" It'd be quite a sweet thing to ask someone, but I don't think it would be on any. I say official footing. The godparents, I've done it quite a lot lately, I'm very honoured to say, and the godparents play a crucial part in that ceremony, don't they? Yeah, yeah, indeed, indeed. So I don't, I, don't... It was, it was just, I mean, but I did actually, my, my, I had one of my colleagues from work who was the other godparent yeah. who I'm still in contact with and uh, have no problems with at all. Yeah. Um, but it was my son that sort of brought this to the fore, and it was, I thought, hmm, no, I wonder. Bless him. I don't think he can. I mean, I don't think he can. And, hey, you know what he could do? Join the mafia. 
that was a beautiful sound you made then i thought i thought i'd set you off and then you sort of realize "Eh, it's not that funny after all um i i I, are you catholic what what religion Uh, no i'm uh, church of england England, because i got confirmed and i had a sponsor when i got confirmed which was like a nice way of recognizing the role someone had played in my life uh, but but not um Mm. Not the same as being a godparent. I don't know. I mean, any any vicars listening could perhaps add to that. I'm not going to take a round of applause for it at this stage. Take care, Rob. From Rob to Bob. Bob's in Guildford. Bob, question or answer? Answer. Hooray! Uh, about the gravity uh, thing. How far does the gravity extend yeah. above the surface of the Earth? Well, theoretically, assuming there's no other planetary objects around, the the, the 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 gravity of a of a planet or a star extends uh, infinity to infinity and uh, beyond and well, you cannot go beyond infinity now the the, the 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 force of gravity is related just mathematically to the inverse of the square of the distance between the the two objects yeah, everyone that everyone if, knows if, that if the distance doubles the force becomes a quarter ah it diminishes but it so diminishes it is, infinitely it is, it is. so on the in the outer reaches of space there might be gravitational pull but you'd barely notice it no there will be gravitational pull of nearby objects don't forget uh, the the moon is in orbit because of the gravitational pull of the earth extends nearly three hundred twenty four thousand kilometers where the moon is so there's no point at which it starts working no there's no but theoretically it will stop working at infinity What are your qualifications? I've got a PhD in mechanical engineering and great interest in physics and space. Wow. Stay there, Bob. Alan's in Kingston. You've got another... Alan? Well, I I kind of agree, but this is a bit more interesting, I think. Uh, There's a belt around the Earth called the Clark Belt. Yes. Uh, It's named after Arthur C. Clark, who was a great science fiction writer. Yes, he was. And he calculated and put in books way before it was ever done how far out you'd need a satellite where it wouldn't drop back down to Earth, okay? And that's where all the static satellites are up there doing... And, uh, and, that's, the cl- and that's the Clark Belt. So that's there'd, the there'd Clark still belt. be, according it's, to Bob, there'd still... Go on. Yeah, it's somewhere between twenty and 25,000 miles from... Uh, I can't remember the exact... And there'd still be gravitational pull there, but not enough to drag not a satellite to, back down to Earth. Not enough to drag it back down I'm just going to go back to Bob. I'm going to go back to Bob. Bob, is that true? Uh, I disagree with that. There is oh, gravitational no. pull. What, uh, what... Yes, but not enough to drag a satellite back to... It is, it is there, and it's enough to keep the object in orbit. What happens at that uh, belt... In orbit, is, you see. Is, 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 that, what, what happens at that distance, the orbit will be geostationary. That means, although that the satellite is going around the Earth, but it goes around the Earth once every 24 hours, so it's, it, it looks down at the same spot on the planet all the time. That is the significance of the clock belt. Oh. Because... Because no way beyond that, the the, the solar gravity of the Earth is still keeping Moon in orbit. Oh, in orbit. Still it no doesn't idea. make it fall down. But technically, an orbit is the object is falling towards the Earth all the time, but it's in a circular. Ah, orbit. so a bit like how if I was growing a daffodil sideways on a circulating uh, plant pot, it would actually grow straight. It wouldn't droop downwards. I don't think <laughs> I don't know if that metaphor works, but but I think that the the Clark Belt. You see, don't forget 
when the space shuttle is in orbit, it goes around the Earth every 90 minutes. How could anyone forget that? I'm going to give you... Bo- Bob, up. Alan, stop <laughs> now, <laughs> yeah. please, my head. Everyone, okay, no, applause, okay. applause, applause for both gentlemen, please. Brilliant. Thank Amen. you. Carry on. <sighs> Go on, another one as well, just while we get our breath back. It's 12.47. Amy Solomon is in the LBC 97.3 Travel Centre. Thanks, James. The M20... 7.3. It's 12.51. You're listening to LBC 97.3. All right, try this on for size. What do you think Henry Ford's first four-wheeled vehicle was called? I kid you not, it was called the quadricycle. Cycle's got nothing to do with pedals, it's just got to do with the wheels turning round. So, the original question of why a quad bike is not called a quadcycle, or indeed a quadricycle, is just coincidence, and it actually should be. So the quadcycle campaign starts here. 12.51, um, need a few more answers, don't we? Uh, Scott's in Epsom, question or answer, Scott? Uh, answer, James. Come on then. I think I want to go to the toaster one. The toaster one, all right. Why, what did the, it was a bit of an odd one. We haven't got an answer yet. We're running out of time. What do the uh, numbers on a toaster I, mean? I don't think it's anything to do with the amount of heat. It's to do with the amount of time. Of so it if is. you put it on one, it will it will pop up a lot quicker than when it's on when it's on six. Yeah, I mean it's fairly self evident. I think it's pretty. Yeah, I think it's pretty obvious. A, a simple one, that. Yeah, that's what I thought. I'd ring up and give it a go. <laughs> Stay there, because Ch- Charles is in the city. Charles, is that right? Uh, he's, he's on the way. It's a bimetallic strip, um, <sighs> which is... Dad, uh, do you know, you, know, you know what happens when... You know, you know that word... I didn't learn much in science, Charles. I learned yeah. two things. And you've just reminded what? me what the other... Because you know the other word, don't you? God. <laughs> begins, with, begins with O, but I can't, I'm a bit wary of saying oh, it. Oh, well, oh, well, you mean on science? <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah. A bit rusty, the osmosis alarm. So, and that, that was the only thing when we started doing mystery. The only thing I could remember from science was osmosis. But now, bimetallic strips, I remember them. They're on everything, aren't they? From car indicators to... Yeah, that's it. Pretty basic. Uh, just con- and it also controls the popping up bit as well. There's like a little uh, link in there that positions it along the bimetallic strip, basically. So that's how it works. Yeah. But Scott was right yeah. about, about what it does. He was on it, yeah, he was on its way, and it is time, but the things, the things stay warm as well, so it's not the most accurate, it's pretty crude. Yes, exactly, well, because that's what I said to the original questioner, is that in laboratory conditions you'd have to let the toaster cool yeah, to, to, to the same temperature would. before reactivating on a different level. Scott? Why yep. Professor Howe? Oh, hang on. Uh, well, he can't, he can't get through at the moment. He sent me the uh, the school science review this week, for which I'm very grateful, and a really lengthy explanation of what a photon is after last week's show. So I, I, pre- I presume he's busy being the um, professor of the public understanding of science at the University of Brighton rather than being the patron saint of Mystery Hour this afternoon. Scott, what are your qualifications? Uh, chef. Well done. Uh, Charles, what are your qualifications? Uh, I was an electrical technician from school. Well, there you go. So we see... Charles has taken care of the electrical side of it. Scott's taken care of the actual toasting side of it. <laughs> Both of them get this. <laughs> I like that. It's a five-day week and the godparents' questions are very strong as well. And the dog's poor. Moggy surprises me. I thought we'd have worked out what a moggy was. And, and Robert, is that on the Mystery Hour archive, the rubber question? The answer to the rubber question. Uh, Robert is in Wimbledon. Robert, question or answer? Answer, I hope, James. Come on, mate. Um... Question on the six-day working week? Yes. Five-day? When did the well, five-day start? Well, when it became a five-day working oh, week. Oh, did it? My 
father was a Federation steward in the Transport and General Workers Union for 35 years. Yeah. And um, I can remember in the 50s, he was uh, duty-bound to work six-day week or a five-and-a-half-day week. Really? The 46-hour basic working week then. Oh, and the trade union movement fought to bring the working week down, eventually from a 46 to a 44 to a 42, to, sorry, down to a 40. Down to a five-day week. And, and down to a five-day week. Can we put a rough date day. on it? Can we put a rough date on it? Um, somewhere around late 50s, early 60s. Well, isn't that incredible? To think so it was so recent. movements over the years have done certain things, so, yeah, which I you know. say have been good, have been a little bit iffy, but there we go. Yeah, but generally speaking, though, the average working man is a lot better off with the trade union legacy than he would, and woman, than, than he or she would. It's amazing how many people miss that point. Down with unions! What have they ever done for us? Well, well, Five-day uh, week? Health and safety legislation, pay rises, minimum wage compensation at work, employment rights. Down with unions! Uh, Robert. <laughs> Beautifully played. Pat's in Wimbledon. Pat, question or answer? Uh, it's an answer, James. Excellent, thank you. It's regarding the godparent question. Oh, yes, can you change your <laughs> godparents? I tried to do the same thing. Did you? Yes. Why? Um, oh, because I felt that one of them was now unsuitable to be good parents. Fair enough. Son. Okay. We're not um, going to get any more out of you, are we? <laughs> no. Fair enough. Um, and I wanted to change, um, I wanted to add a godparent as well, and yes. I went to see the vicar that had baptised my son, and I was told, absolutely, it cannot be done whatsoever. It's a shame in a way. Uh, yeah, it is a bit, yeah. Because there's always sort of, out of a, you know, out of a sibling group, if there's two or three siblings, there's usually one set of godparents or one godparent who just drifts off the radar. They don't end up persona non grata, but it but it means you're always envious of your other siblings when they get more presents at Christmas and birthday, doesn't it? <laughs> That's what yeah. this was really about, well, isn't it? Well, luckily, I've only got one sibling. So. No, okay. So I am going to give you a round of qualifications. A vicar told you. Yes, absolutely. Well, I can't get much better than that. Almost. <laughs> Thank you, Pat. Beautifully played. Mandy's in London, Colney. Uh, Hi, quest- Hello, Mandy. Question or answer? Answer. Marvellous. Moggy. 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 It's a derivation of the word mongrel. Is it? Yes. Mm. And often it's just called the mog. People say, oh, I've got the mog indoors or whatever. Yes, I know that, but it, where are you getting a derivation from mongrel from? Because it's a mixed breed. So a moggy is a cat that's not pedigree. And they're much healthier, too. That seems fairly straightforward. Yeah. Qualifications? I haven't got any, but my best friend breeds Persians, so I phoned her up. Well, that's a qualification. My best Is friend it? breeds Persians, and I rang her up. What do you think I'm looking for? A cycling proficiency test or bag of gymnastics award four? Oh, no. 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 I, 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 I think you've earned a round of applause now. Oh, I'm happy. Thank you. Good. You're on. Have we done everything? Have we actually... We haven't done the dog's paw. Come on, we've got, two, we've got one minute and ten seconds left. 0845 is the number to call. Why does a dog raise one paw in the air when it is uh, uh, paying attention, when it's concentrating? And why do we have a rubber in a game of tennis? Why do you talk about a rubber? You say you've won a rubber in a game of bridge or in a game of tennis. Uh, if you can answer either of those, then I will put... I can't put... Sorry, guys, I can't put any more questions on because it's 12.58. Julia Hartley Brewer's already here. But if you can answer either of those in the coming seconds, quickly, should we put them straight to air? It's always a bit risky, but we like to live on the edge on this. Should we put them straight to air? Is there an answer for that question? Quickly? No? Not? No? It's a quad cycle one. For goodness sake, we've had enough of the quad cycle one. That is probably it for another week on Mystery Hour, which leaves only two questions unanswered, which isn't isn't bad going five day week was fascinating and 
Tragic, judging by the emails, how many people have sought advice on whether or not they can actually ditch godparents later in the uh, relationship and appoint new ones. One day I'll tell you how many godchildren I've got, but you probably won't. Oh, quickly, Emma Colchester, dogs. Dogs? Dogs, Hello, poor, yes. quick. <laughs> um, it's a sign of stress when dogs lift their paw. Round of applause for Emma. Speaking of... No, I won't do that. Here's Julia Hartley-Brewer. Thank you very much indeed. I sacked one of my godfathers to my daughter. Useless. Not even a card. Not even a card in seven years. Coming up after the one o'clock news, um, you've been listening to James O'Brien, who, although being uh, a parent to two children, comes to work of his own free will because uh, it's okay for fathers to work. I, being a mother of a young child, of course... Had a gun put to my head when I had my daughter and two men frog-marched me, arms behind my back, back into my office because I did not want to work. I was forced back to work. That's the headline in one of our national daily papers today. 200,000 more women forced to work, back to work, by this government's policies. Why did you or your other half go back to work after having children? Was it because you liked having a job? <laughs>